Goddamn. Oh, abominable snowman. <laughs> COVID. Yeah, so uh, I'm not editing that out. I don't have time. Yeah, what's good? It's your boy, Southbreeze706. Breeze us on Twitter. Uh, welcome to KTSC app. We're the content contenders, the hot take Avengers, talking everything you thought you did need to hear. Subscribe on Apple, SoundCloud, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Let's get it. So this week, we got our usual hosts, uh, AC3 and Marcus Sniffles. What's good with y'all? That was a mouthful. I, I'm, you know what? I'm still waiting for suggestions. You know what I'm saying? Like, if y'all have anything, you know, better. Trying to get some format here. We're trying to be a little more professional. You know? Yeah, that sounds like some old underdog stuff. But uh, anyway, yeah, this is AC3, the, the savage of the year. I just want to give a special shout out to uh, everybody that's been holding us down. Uh, thank you all. We love you. Are you drinking cognac or what? what is that? It's a very painful glass you have. I'm stepping on some Jesus juice. Marcus, what's going on? Same old, same old. Just ready to get these hot takes off. All right, so there we go. Hot takes. Let, let me start because I I usually see a lot of stuff in my timeline that I, I save for bookmarks, and I'm like, you know, let me let me talk about this on the podcast. This is why you have a platform, just so I don't have to tweet all y'all stupid ass people all day. So, real quick, I was I was a bit alarmed and concerned, like deeply concerned about the amount of people that are still drinking Kool Aid in the year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> Like, I can honestly say that I haven't purchased, made, or consumed Kool-Aid in probably 10 years. And I tweeted out, like, somebody's like, oh, what's your favorite flavor of Kool-Aid? I'm like, people still drink Kool-Aid? Bruh. Like, like, I don't even know the Kool-Aid section is right now. Like, people in my mentions, like, the homie PJ from the Power. Whatever. Black Power. So, the homie PJ was like, oh, yeah, people get a little bit of money and forget where they came from. I'm like, it ain't even like that. It's just like, dog, I'm an adult, dog. Like, first of all, most of you Negroes ain't out here drinking enough water with, with your bumpy-ass skin and shit like that, funky breath and yellow teeth. But, dog, y'all are drinking Kool-Aid? Like, honestly, thinking about, like, how Kool-Aid was made or how, how it's made or how I've seen people make it in some houses, like, that can honestly be grounds for child abuse. Like, bruh. Okay, there's look, literally here, like, okay there's, let's just cut There's, like, four cups of sugar and, like, a thing of Kool-Aid, bro. Like, that's freaking straight syrup. You're from First Mississippi. Well, that's how I know you're you from don't Mississippi. You're from Mississippi, dog. You know, know how y'all get out, dog. Get the fuck out of here, dog. I don't know how. I just know. Exactly. Exa- that's, that's the, that's the problem. That's the problem. You're out here drinking poverty punch. You're from Mississippi, and you're drinking poverty punch. Thank you very much my African-American brother, for setting the record straight. I, too, was lost and thought that I had grown to a level where I was over Kool-Aid. But I went to the hood, you know what I'm saying? Uh, This was like, I want to say this was when I went home and someone put me on a new style of Kool-Aid where you mix two flavors up, and it was like so sugary delicious and I was like, God dang, you know, that's this new. Is my life is that's new. That's new. Wow. Welcome to fucking 1998, bro. Like, I didn't we, know. We like, I, I, I'm sorry. I was kind of sophisticated. We didn't do that. Um, my no. parents didn't own a Yugo, so maybe we oh, were a little wow. bit. We had a beetle <laughs> bug. We had a beetle <laughs> bug, so we were a little different. Uh, okay. You know, so yeah, we didn't know that. We would put 
you know, two pouches, some hot water, which I was kind of amazed that people don't put the hot water in it so everything can dissolve good. And you just put enough sugar in there to your heart desires. It's a gamble every time. But Kool-Aid yeah. is a staple in the African-American home. Like, I'm surprised black people didn't invent Kool-Aid. Like, I'm just shocked. Yeah, it's, it's a staple in the African-American home, just like diabetes. So, you know, shout out to diabetes for holding it down the black community along with high blood pressure, hypertension, things of that nature. But, yeah, I, I was a bit disgusted at that. So if you're still drinking Poverty Punch, I'm I'm sorry for you. And I, I pray that you get your life together. Um, what else? <sighs> so Juneteenth recently passed. And I don't know who out here is still using Snapchat, but apparently they had a filter like a Juneteenth filter to kind of celebrate uh, the emancipation of black folks or whatever. And, you know, because black is in right now, you know what I'm saying? Black lives matter hashtags everywhere. Every branch you could think of any company you can think of any TV network is all black lives matter. We support black lives matter, all that stuff. So Snapchat decided to make a filter that featured chains behind some sort of graphic. And in order to break the chains, you had to smile. Yikes. Yikes. In order to be free from massa, you had to give a big Kool-Aid, chicken and watermelon <laughs> grin to break the chains of freedom. That was quickly removed. And that also tells you that a lot of these companies are talking about Black Lives Matter, blah, 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 blah. Clearly don't have enough black lives in the room making these decisions because that was that was a terrible choice. Like, come on, bro. Who, who and and you know, Snapchat, they they've done some stupid things. Whoever they're hiring as marketers, or, or you need to just fire the entire team. Like, what what type of sense does that make? Like, I, I seen someone post a picture with the broken chains and the fist up, and I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I didn't even know that it entailed all that. Like, you have to smile to to become free. It's it's tasteless. Uh, but shout out to Juneteenth. Definitely had a wonderful experience. Uh, shout out to the place that I went to, Seafood Connection, that clearly charged me 17 motherfucking dollars for two pieces of poverty fish whiting that, uh, you know, I've evolved to mahi-mahi. And even when I want to be poor, I eat uh, catfish. It's on from Mississippi. But I got two pieces of fish, freaking soggy, nasty fries, and two hush puppies and six shrimp for $17. Now, me, I told myself I wasn't going to drag anybody because I understand for the culture, sometimes you must overcharge. But don't charge me an $8 plate for $17. And I waited over an hour, and they forgot all of my condiments. And the other thing that I realized through all this, this is just talking about the Juneteenth because fuck Snapchat. But the other thing that I realized is we don't have no type of black restaurants here in the city that I live in of Charlotte. Uh, shout out to the app Eat Okra. I know a lot of places aren't going to like participate in a new app like that, but it's an app that definitely tells you of where the black-owned establishments are in your area. And it's like maybe 10 in the entire metropolitan area of 3 million people. So shout out to uh, black people, we really need to get back on our, our horses and get some, some food popping more than just uh, your grandmama's nasty ass uh, collard green chicken eating uh, yams and all that stuff. 
and Caribbean food. Like, let's try to diversify yeah, a little bit. Slow, yeah, slow, slow, Jamaican, you stop it. You need to need to relax. You need to relax. I don't need to relax. Right. Yeah. Tell me what it, it when you think of black restaurants, what's the first thing you think of? Soul food. Uh, I, I I guess. I mean, I maybe chicken wings. I try to eat pretty healthy, and that's another episode within itself, as far as like the whole black culture of. Uh, I guess the culture of our diet is terrible, starting with Kool Aid and ending with everything you just mentioned, but. Again, that's another topic for another day. A southerner, you know, I stand behind my, my message here. You know, I, I try to eat pretty healthy. If I eat out, I usually eat like sushi or something like that. But uh, all right. So if you didn't see the video, uh, damn, it's been so many black people getting killed recently. Uh, the guy that got killed in Atlanta, what was his name? Uh, Rashawn Brooks. Yeah, Rashad Brooks. So his Rashad Brooks, RIP to the homie. So the uh, murderers in his case were actually convicted. Um, and uh, apparently the other cop that was involved <clears throat> is going to turn state witness, which is great. Again, they actually gave him charges that could, could stick, stuff that doesn't require like intent to be proven. Uh, pretty much saying that, hey, he fired his weapon like uh, it was like felony assault or something like that. Felony aggravated assault or murder like that. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a cop. I think felony murder as well or something. The 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 main point I have with this is that apparently, I believe in Atlanta and some other cities on July 4th, they're trying to have a what's called a blue flu. Uh, yes, the blue flu. Uh, I guess where police officers are going to quote unquote get sick on July 4th to uh, kind of send a message to the people that, hey, y'all need us. Y'all need to stop protesting us. You need to stop villainizing us and vilifying us and treating us like animals like that. I guess New York fucking police chief tried to come out there and sound crazy talking about, oh, y'all are treating us and vilifying us and blah, blah, blah. And like there's even reports that like cops are saying like, oh, we, we're going to not come to work so the cities can burn down and fall apart. And a lot of my Twitter is in Atlanta. So they were saying like, yo, everything's fine. Like there's no riots, there's no anarchy. Like I'm walking down the street, not fearing for my life. It's like these cops are like egomaniacs to a, to a certain extent where they think that they just are way more important than they are and not really in the servant role that they're supposed to be. And, and I find that offensive that, that these police officers whose job is to protect and serve for whatever reason, when you can't literally just murder people to get compliance, you feel that now you need to have solidarity amongst your officers and say, hey, guess what? Because one of ours clearly got caught on tape doing the wrong thing, that offends me to the point where I don't want to come to work. Like, I feel like all the cops that don't come to work because of that, that should be an automatic red flag for review to not be a cop anymore. Because that really tells me your morals are extremely piss poor. Just like the cops with that gentleman, uh, we all saw the video of the old man that got pushed to the ground and there was blood coming out of his ears. You had 57 members of that team resign in solidarity with the two cops that got fired because they literally committed a crime and then lied about in the police report. Like, what does that say about your police force or your, your SWAT force or whatever that force was? You had 57 clowns that believe it's okay to assault an elderly person and then lie about in the report. So the blue flu essentially is a clown show. 
If you know anybody in your life that's participating in that, please send them a red nose and a rainbow wig because they're a clown. You should probably report them to some sort of government official like, hey, you need to check this person because they're not fit for their duty. Yeah, it's a pretty bad look. Like if you're one of those people who is like super offended that the general public is upset with the, uh, you know, with their police force and the jobs that they're doing, like you should be upset too. You know what I'm saying? It makes y'all look bad. And the fact that y'all got mad because everybody else is mad is just, it it makes no sense. It's just, you're going around in circles, like just, it just makes you look bad. This, you guys got to do a better job. Definitely agreed there. Um, no words at all, really. I, I seen it, uh, the blue flu, a.k.a. the swine flu. And it's like, why are y'all trying to fight fire with fire? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, Rashawn, Rashad Brooks was slain due to revenge. The police officer was probably pretty mad that, you know, that there was a scuffle that broke out and he got away. And you killed him even though he was running away. You shot him in the back like a coward. Uh, and then your team wants to be with you. It, it just doesn't make sense. Like, at the end of the day, if you want people to respect you, stop killing niggas in the streets for no reason. Stop pushing old white people down for no apparent reason. Stop pepper spraying kids. Uh, stop pushing down women. Stop, stop the racism. Like, hold hold your partners in your fraternity accountable for their actions. Like, y'all are worse than gangster niggas. Like, y- y'all hold the no snitching, no lying thing to the, the utmost degree on each other. Like, Nah, it's even got, got a name. The the, what is it, the blue the blue line of silence or something like that? Like they their no session is branded. You know what I'm saying? Like they are really about that life. But what I will say to, to wrap that one up is that I, I do applaud it sounds wrong to say this, but, but I do applaud the amount of solidarity they do have. Like the solidarity and organization. Like if I, I wonder what would happen if like black people had that type of solidarity and organization that they have. To say, hey, we are all going to move in this unit, in this block, and do this one thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I guess that is a, a positive you could take from it. Maybe we could learn how to organize like that. But, I mean. Let me ask y'all um, this. Speaking of that, we've all seen the Malcolm X movie. And we've seen how powerful it was when he was arrested. And all them brothers pulled up on that precinct. Dressed up in suits, marching in order. It was intimidating. They don't want to see that. That's what they don't want to see. So, yeah. So definitely, I mean, get organized, get on the same page, and, and get it popping. So the last thing I want to talk about, yeah. So recently, and I going back to what I just said, but I gotta get this hot take off. So recently, when you hear this Father's Day recently passed, and the question that I have is, when did Uncle Phil become like the default everybody's dad? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that J. Cole bar is just something that people reference now. But, like, I'll see mad people on Twitter all of a sudden, like, oh, Uncle Phil's like my dad in real life and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Doug, J. Cole says one line, first things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. And now all of a sudden he is everybody's default black daddy. Like, how did this happen? How does this work? Is he my dad? Like, is he my father now? Like, I don't understand how this works, bro. I think like, it was I don't even... a couple of scenes individually 
where he did play like a really good role. Like you, you would like to see that in a father. So that that's what I think it may be. But go ahead. Well, I would but say I, for for me, he's definitely like the number one TV dad. Like if you tell me like who's the best TV dad ever over Carl Winslow, it's Uncle Phil. It's close. I don't know, but I'll take Uncle Phil over everybody, over anybody you name. I'm taking Uncle Phil. Hmm. I I don't know. I just I was like, all right, man. Like maybe, maybe that's how it is. I just never, I just never looked at it like that. I again, same with Kool Aid. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched the episode of Fresh Prince. Uh, like I will say, Will Smith's acting peaked at French Fresh Prince, and uh, Lorenz Tate <laughs> is a better actor than Will Smith, and I will die on that hill. But also, I will sneak some anime in here. Shout out to oh Jing, the greatest, the greatest dad ever, who abandoned his infant son, which drove him to greatness. Shout out to Jing. He kept it real. Like the premise of the show, Hunter Hunter, is this this dude abandoned his child, and then his child's like, "Yo, I want to find my dad because he's such a great guy." And then dude sits up like a mixtape, like, "Yo, don't come find me. I'm out here living my best life, dog." And he still would chase this dude. I'm like, "Yo." I respect that. He abandoned his child, let him know what the game was, and the chips know where they were. He he made the choice to find them. I respect that. That's great parenting. Shout out to Jink. Yeah. That sounds fucking <laughs> horrible, but okay. Yeah, well, there's a lot of problematic stuff in Hunter. Hunter, Hunter, Hunter X, Hunter, or multi- Hunter Multiplied Hunter, if you're, if you're cultured. There's a, a character named Hisoka who is, he's a pedophile. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Anywho, the City Girls. Apparently, the Scammers dropped an album. Um, I did not know about this. Um, I am. I am a. Do they have a gang? Do they have like a, a click? Do they have a hashtag? I think it's like Scammers. Scammer gang. I'm in the Scammer <laughs> gang. So if I'd have known this album would have dropped, I definitely would have checked it out. I, I believe I listened to the last album before uh, JT went to jail or whatever. Um, there's actually an episode we did. Briefly talking about the city girls that, that you know there might be some slander from Marcus Sniffles and AC. I definitely lifted up those black queens in the episode, so definitely check it out. But uh, yeah, how, how was that album? Is it is it worth checking out? Is a uh, Pitchfork going to give it a five five rating? <laughs> uh, I don't know what Pitchfork is going to give it, but uh, I guess my thing with the city girls is they they have had a serious run of like bad luck going on with their careers like when they first got on as soon as they were about to blow up like they had the song with the 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 feature quote unquote with drake they had a cardi b feature and uh jt the the more the better rapper out of the two got locked up and so like the other one uh young miami she's not really you know out front like that she's not a she's not as great of a performer She's not that good of a rapper. She really didn't even want to be in the spotlight without JT. And it's just like that kind of set them back a little bit. And so I figured, all right, well, when uh, JT gets out of jail, they'll be right back on track to be able to push this thing forward a little bit. And it didn't really happen that way. Like they, she put out a song and it didn't really do anything. And I thought they kind of missed their wave. Like they just, they lost all the momentum from the Drake and the Cardi B features and they were just going to be forgotten about. But uh, they were, they had something planned. They had something going. And then um, I guess like a couple of days ago, their album got leaked online. And so they just went and just put it out. And it's just, it's just out there now. It's not even like if you go to Apple Music, it's not even in the new music section because it's not supposed to be there yet. Like, I guess they had a schedule and a plan and 
I kind of I don't really like that. I, I wish that it just stuck to their guns, maybe uh, change a few songs here and there, change the track list. Uh, maybe try to sneak in another feature, but I feel like there's ways that you can get around leaks. Like it's 2020, music has been leaking since the 90s. Like you can, you don't have to just put out music because it was leaked online. Like we're past those days. But um, I don't know. I, I thought the album was pretty good for for what they do, and I, I just I just think that having having rappers like the City Girls are it's important to have them. It helps push the culture forward because. Like when rap first started, it was just mostly a bunch of dudes from New York. You know what I'm saying? And guys from the West Coast, they can't relate to riding on the train all day. They can't relate to cold winters. So they felt like, hey, I need to speak for myself. I need to speak about my experiences. The same about rappers from the South. Like you don't know about the way we talk, our slang. The rappers from Texas, you don't know about the way we uh, drive our cars and all this stuff. And it goes for, for the same for women. Like there's women out here that live that type of lifestyle that the city girls rap about. So we can't like, I know there's people who are just like, Oh, well we want, you know, our female rappers to, to rap about, you know, super lyrical bar, like whatever, like, no, we don't, we say that's what we want. That's not what we want. You look at the numbers, look at the YouTube views, look at the streams. It's not what you guys want. City girls is what your guys want. It's what we want. So let's just keep it real. Like they make the, like the production's pretty good. They make good club songs They make good strip club songs. If you're at a party and they throw on some city girls, you're going to turn up. Like, this is what is needed. Like, we need that for the culture. They, like, city girls are important. And that's the only way hip-hop is going to grow is if by letting other people's perspectives in. Like, if you're if you're a young, if you're a 19, 20-year-old woman from the South or from Miami, you can't really relate to what Kendrick Lamar is rapping about for the most part. So gravitate towards what you know. Very interesting take. I actually agree with you um, on the, the first end of your statement where you, uh, as far as like the album being leaked and then they just put it out. I actually looked this morning uh, on Apple Music to see what new tracks were out and I didn't see it at all. Like I seen the new Wale uh, and like some other stuff, but I didn't see it. And then I remember like a day or two ago, a few women were like posting up some of the songs from different, like whether it was Tidal or Spotify or Apple. And so I, I didn't know if they just dropped like a mixtape or what, but it does seem like they might've kind of lost a little bit of their luster by putting this out like that. Because typically when the city girls come out, like at least with their prior releases and stuff like that, like the internet's on fire as far as the the women community or, or just the community in, in general. Like I, I always see people quoting them or reposting the songs or sharing things. And this time I didn't. So like I was confused when uh, you hit us up earlier and, I, and you were like, yeah, they have a new project. And I was like, what? Like that's, that's a new project? Like for real? So, I mean, it is good. Like they definitely serve their purpose in the hip hop community that's why I kind of like, I don't necessarily listen to music that I can't necessarily relate to. If City Girls come on in the club, yeah, I'm going to listen to it because, you know, I want to see the girls dance to it. I want to see them have fun, them turn up. That way I can turn up. So it's definitely needed as far as from a culture perspective. If you're listening to City Girls, you're not expecting uh, five mics or whatever. You're just expecting a good time. 
and to turn up, basically. So that's just my thoughts on it. Hopefully they can recover and rebound, because I did think when JT went to jail, that was from the ether, but they've survived, so we'll see what's up next. And my question is, oh, go ahead. No, I was also going to say uh, Doja Cat was uh, one average feature from, like, people ignoring everything that happened with her. Like, people are just like, oh, Doja Cat killed it, killed it. She had a feature on that album. And now people are, like, back on the Doja Cat train. So, you know, nobody gets canceled. Yeah, I'm not rocking with that that bedwinch Doja Cat. <laughs> um, my question is, who was who leaking a City Girl album? That's my question. I feel like that might have been intentional, like... It's not like it's the new Drake coming out. It's, it's the fucking City Girls, dog. Like you can't, you can't wait to hear the City Girls. Like I could not wait. I need, I needed to leak this. Like I need the streets needed to the hear streets the streets. I mean, yeah, I mean, the clubs have just opened back up in Florida. If you're out here twerking and catching the road into the City Girls, that's you need to make better life decisions. Like doesn't one of them like not drink water, right? Yeah. I feel if you're, I feel like you're part of that, that uh, ideology. You also probably just drink Kool-Aid. Like I feel the city girls just drink Kool-Aid, like no water. But Kool-Aid has water in it, so they're probably soda girls. It's ninety-eight percent sugar, two percent water. So yeah. God God bless them. And you know what? I need to I need to address Marcus real quick. Please oh, stop adding me in fucking Cardi B videos. I have her <laughs> blocked for a reason. Whatever that thing you said, she's like, oh, I'm about to drop some new music. And it was clearly like pornographic noises. I'm clearly a Christian. I, my, yeah, my tweets are so pissed off. I was like, come I on. Was like, I was ready to hear some struggle bars so I could slander her, but I'm like, you know what? Those pornographic sounds are probably better than whatever she was going to be rapping. I'm I'm I, low key, I'm low key surprised that she hasn't put out like any kind of music because I'm I don't think she put out anything in 2019. And then like the last. The last song she put out was in 2018, the uh, the the song with Bruno Mars that nobody wants on their album, and that uh that uh press, like which was trash. Those songs blew up for like the first week. They went number one, I think, probably for the weekend, and then they went away. But like, for as big a star as Cardi is, like, she I I, I don't I she needs to put some stuff out. Like like not you got nothing. Like you've been you you don't have a studio at your house. Like you ain't got nothing. You can't like the Migos have still been putting out music. Like you can't put music out. Like what's going on? When you're too busy trying to make sure your husband's not fucking everything that walks, then you have to probably and you have a baby. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I saw that she recently popped up with Tiana Taylor, who I guess put out some music, which I haven't got around to checking out yet. But like recently, I've seen a lot of. I guess Barty gangs stand accounts on my timeline. I've just been blocking them left and right. I'm like, y'all not finna push this bullshit, dog. She ain't put out nothing worth listening to. I'm not gonna deal with y'all sweets. She ain't put nothing out in two years. I mean, she put out that freestyle. That with the fucking apple, apple juice and Vienna sausages sponsors in the background, but yeah, like there's some yeah. some Cardi stands getting at me because like BT, the BT awards are coming up this year, and they were like, you know, who's the who should win the award for best female rapper? And I was like, Megan Thee Stallion, like, no question. Like, she's had a great year. She's put out, like, at least two projects last year. She had a song with Nicki Minaj and Beyonce that blew up. And I was like, yeah, Megan Thee Stallion. And, like, Cardi Cardi B stands just like, well, Cardi B has sold the most amount of records and she's gone number one. Like, but I'm like, what's the last song she put out? She ain't put out a song in two years. What are you talking about? Because she's popular, yeah. she should win? Like, No. 
Yeah, I think the machine, the machine might be, they might have moved on from her. But um, real quick, just to kind of stay on music briefly before we move to uh, our next topic, I saw a lot of people were gassing up that little baby song. Uh, I don't even know what it's called, but it was like a social justice. The bigger song. picture. The bigger picture. It was a good song. I like it. It's on my playlist. But y'all need to relax, man. Y'all are out here tweeting out that, oh, he's going to win a Grammy for this. And thousands of people are retweeting it. Please, please cut. Please cut the bullshit. He's not winning a Grammy for a song because he talks about, you know, COVID and the protests. Like, this is the Grammys. Like, go go look at historically who who and who does not win Grammys. Now, the caveat that is with the whole black thing, black people being in vogue now, you know, supporting Black Lives Matter. He could get like a poverty nomination or a poverty Grammy. Not even he's not going to win. He might get a poverty nomination, but like this song already came with what, what I would tell you to listen to, which is just a better song overall by a better artist, is the uh, lockdown song by Anderson Pack, which I'm disgusted in my timeline that I have not seen a single person tweet about it, which is absurd. I just know I know that you guys are not here faking the funk for a lot of stuff, but. Yeah, people that are not up on Anderson Pack, please do yourself a favor and at least listen to Ventura. It's like 45 minutes. It is an excellent album that features. Well, Baby is a more popular artist, though. So that's I, I guess. Uh, I, I, for now. I, for, for now. But 15, for now. 25. Yeah, but 10 years from now, is Lil Baby going to be around? It's a toss up. Anderson Pack, I, I would be willing to bet money that he will be around 10 to 15 years, at least 10 years from now. But. Yeah, and I'm disgusted Ventura didn't get any type of, even though I don't care about the Grammys, but I mean, his album featured Smokey Robinson, I think it Nate Dogg. Did it? Not not like album of the year, but I think like best R&B song or something. Not, nah, because I think her won that. I'm pretty sure it won something. I think it did. I'm have to look at it. If it didn't, it should have. Smokey Robinson, R.I.P. Nate Dogg, Andre 3000. All y'all fake Atlanta Twitter on my page, they're like, oh, Andre 3000. I didn't hear y'all say a peep about his verse on the very first track in the song, which was excellent. Didn't hear a peep about that. Uh, who else is on there? Uh, there's a young artist, Sonia, Sonia, sorry, I can't forget her name. She's she's really cool. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? There's a lot of great features. Definitely check out Ventura if you haven't listened to it. But Brandy's on it. Brandy's also on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a, a, a perfect transition to not listening to people. A lot of people are giving Kyrie smoke, Kyrie Irving. A lot of people cannot take anything he says seriously because he is a flat earther. And I feel like anything you say after that, I have the right not to take you seriously or respect anything that comes out of your mouth. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Shout out to, where is he from? West Orange, New Jersey. He's from somewhere. He's in one of the Orange, New Jersey. South New Jersey, but y'all a trip with that one. But I guess... He there was leaked messages about him trying to start a new league with players and all kinds of nonsense going on with him. But the NBA is Marx's forte. I literally just watched Twitter clips of basketball. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, Ventura Ventura won uh, best RB album for the Grammys. It, it did. Yeah. Oh, great. It, it might. It yeah. probably was not. It probably wasn't televised. I think that award isn't televised. I mean, I don't care about the Grammys, but I mean, for the people that do and for him, I know that's good for their rep and their their clout. But yeah, that Ventura is still an album that I have in rotation right now. Yeah, uh, well, apparently they've been doing a lot of like Zoom meetings and group chats about the NBA uh, uh, returning. Apparently, like Adam, Adam Silver, the commissioner, said that it's going to come back like July, mid-July, something. They're going to have like uh, eight 
regular season games. They're not going to bring back every team. They're just going to bring back teams that are within, I think, four games of the eighth spot, uh, have like a play-in tournament for the eighth eighth seed. And uh, it's supposed to be uh, in Orlando. It's supposed to be like in some sort of uh, bubble down in Disney World because Disney World, they have like a big practice facility that has multiple courts and full-size uh, NBA courts, whatever, to have, have them play. And they have to stay at the the hotels down there and stuff like that. And they have to be pretty much isolated and play games without any fans. And, and Kyrie, he's of the mindset that he he thinks them playing the season right now would be a distraction from everything that is going on with uh, all the uh, Black Lives Matter protests, all these uh, Confederate statues and monuments coming down and uh you know, Aunt Jemima being taken off the shelves and Uncle Ben getting smoked out of here. Like, there's a lot of things changing. And for him, he feels like them bringing the NBA back would be a distraction from everything that's going on. Because I think we said this a few episodes ago, like, this feels different. A lot of things seem to be changing and moving. So he's under the idea of like, okay, well, if we play basketball, we're going to distract from everything that's going on. And for me... I, I don't agree with that at all. I think that's kind of like me and Rev, um, Rev Ron talked about this on Twitter and she's, you know, she kind of agrees with him. She thinks that, you know, they should, you know, take whatever paychecks they were going to have and like put it towards better causes and go out and, you know, use their platforms to, to speak out on things. I guess for me, you're essentially, Kyrie Irving is essentially saying that people can't enjoy basketball and, acknowledged that racism is still going on and things need to change. Like we can't do both, you know, like I understand if Kyrie doesn't want to play because he feels convicted, but if you feel that strongly, then you, you don't play. You follow the lead of Maya Moore. Maya Moore is one of the best WNBA players ever. She's a multiple time champion MVP in the prime of her career she quit playing basketball to help get uh, an innocent black man out of jail. Like she spent like three years doing that and she quit playing basketball to do that. So if Kyrie Irving feels that convicted, then why don't you follow her lead and do that? He's been injured. Like, isn't and, he and not a shoulder injury anyway? Yeah. That's another thing. He's not even going to be playing. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And, and you also got to think about like, some of the how you can use your voice and your platform as an athlete because if you remember back during the the what got the Trayvon Martin case a lot of publicity is uh Gabrielle Union because she was living in Florida she kind of got a hold of it she saw it and then the you know she saw like the little movement with the hoodies going on and it wasn't that big of a deal but then she took it to Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade took it to the Miami Heat. And that was when LeBron James was on the Heat still. So now you have Dwayne like, And we all remember how big of a deal the Miami Heat were. We, like, they couldn't do anything without it being a lead story. So what did they do? The entire team put on hoodies and put it on Instagram. That, that was a big deal. And it started a huge conversation. And it got that case a lot more traction. So let's not act like, okay, well, playing basketball is going to be a distraction. It, I don't think it will be because it – if you're someone who is going to ignore people, black people continuously getting brutalized by police and being treated unfairly and having, you know, Karen's call the police on him because you see someone dribbling a basketball, then you didn't care in the first place. You're not, if you're not all the way in anyway, 
And those same people, like, you, do you hear that same talk with football? Like, they want football to come back immediately. Ain't, I ain't heard no one talk about, hey, let's sit out football. Yeah. yeah. I ain't heard nothing about college football getting uh, canceled. They got yeah, big line. No guaranteed either, though, so that makes a bit of a difference. Um, my take on that real quick is, okay, Kyrie, I get what you're saying. What's your plan? Like, lay out a plan for what you guys are going to do by not playing the season. Because, of course, if if, if he can get LeBron, Giannis, uh, James Harden, all the, the bigger-name players to not participate, then, yeah, then he would definitely make a difference. But what are you guys going to do, like, that you're not currently doing now? What difference are you making? Uh, as far as the league, I, I mean, I'm, and I'm talking about creating your own league, I mean, that would be cool, but for the lowering players, they're still going to play in the NBA because the money is there. You're not going to have money to pay low-end players. Like, it's, it just kind of is what it is. And then you'll have one or two or maybe five or ten big-name players. It's like, hell no, nah, I'm not giving up a $100 million contract, $200 million contract. Where are you going to play at? Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's the other – even off that, like I saw a guy on my Twitter page like, oh – you know, y'all guys are talking about black liberation and black businesses, but Kyrie's getting slandered for talking about making a, a new league. And again, I know Twitter is just a place where everybody can have their own. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> God damn. <laughs> more abominable snowman <laughs> COVID. Yeah, so uh, I'm not editing that out. I don't have time. But so where everybody feels they can say whatever they want to I'm like, yo, you can do research. Like, okay, nobody's mad at the idea of starting only because again, having your own thing is always a good thing where you can control everything. But, but my thing is, again, it's easy for Kyrie Irving to say that who's made, made hundreds of millions of dollars. Like it's, it's easy for the rich man to say that. Right. Cause you know, at the end of the day, he has nothing to lose. He's good to go. Second part of that. Cool. All right. The players start their own league. Where are these where are these players going to play at? Right? Cool. Who's going to sponsor said players? Cool. Who's going to broadcast these games? Who's going to commentate these games? Who's going to referee these games? Like it's not as, as simple as a it, it's a simple idea from a simple-minded person. That's really what it boils down to. And then also, even though you might have the better athletes in this other league. If you have decent athletes, like a part of the, the sports experience is the story and the narrative behind it. So as much as at times I do hate the media, they do make interesting storylines at some points. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool. You have the stars, but some of the games, some of the, the more interesting moments in NBA history is when you have a, a guy like Steve Kerr hitting a game winning shot, who's now a championship winning coach. <clears throat> like he wouldn't make it in Kyrie's league. You know what I'm saying? He barely made the Bulls. But when you have people like that that make plays like that, that's part of the story that the media drives. And that's kind of the cool part about the game. So, again, cool. You might have some of the best players because, you're again, like I said earlier, like with solidarity regarding cops, everybody's not going to do that. So it's an all or nothing thing. And I, it's already you already see that the all part is already not there. So Kyrie, you know, go read a, your flat world encyclopedia or whatever you do and hang out with white women. But. 
I, I still support him. It's just make sure that you have a well thought out plan because he doesn't. He thinks the earth is flat. He doesn't have no plan, bro. He's just talking. I mean, you never know. They could join the big three. Okay. okay. I would have been I would have been on board with Kyrie if he'd have said, you know what? I don't think the players, I don't think we should be forced to play if there's no vaccine for the coronavirus. That's a better idea. I would have made sense. I'd a hundred percent agree with him because there's like uh Carl like Carl Anthony Towns, he's on the uh Minnesota Timberwolves. Like obviously they're not going in the playoffs, like they wouldn't be playing, but his mom died from this. So mm-hmm. if they were just like, Hey man, it ain't worth it, like I would I'd be totally on board with that. But the idea that you know black people in our small little brains can't handle watching basketball and protesting at the same time is kind of offensive, Kyrie. Like just just Slowly roll, and also again, the NBA outside of any other league gives them the most power to protest. So they have the biggest platform. They have the like. I mean, like I said, come up with some sort of plan. Like they had the hoodies. They had the I can't breathe shirts. Uh, They do different things for different organizations. They wear the shirts. They make different statements. You know why, why can't you use that huge platform to do what you need to do instead of? Hey, let's boycott the league because I'm hurt anywhere and I can't play. And if my team makes the 22 league, I mean, 22 team playoff thing, you know, our best players hurt anyway. So and we haven't played in forever. So we probably have chemistry, but it, it just, it doesn't make sense at, at all. I mean, I, I understand from a high level perspective, I would love them to do that. I, I'd love for them to do something as simple as band together and buy the Hawks or, or buy the magic or, something you know what i'm saying where we have like a second black owned team but starting your own league where once again you're small fry guys i can't think of anybody off like like your alex caruso's he's not getting any money he's not going to join your league well, this, uh, this yeah. is just like this is just like the end of belly where nas was just like let's just go to africa and do what like where in africa africa's huge like we're just gonna go there and what you have a plan, Nas? Like, come on. Ky- oh, let's start our own league, bro. Let's start our own league. All right, man. Go ahead and figure that out for me. Go ahead and figure that out real quick. Where are you going to play at? What the team's names? Who's going to spot? Like, just stop. Just stop. Now, okay. All right. Well, so if they could figure out a way to, like, uh, I was going to say, like, maybe you're not going to make the same amount of money. But with that small amount of people, if you want to try to monetize something like the Drew League or something like that, like them kind of games, maybe that'd be kind of cool. But, I mean, those games just glorified offensive onslaughts. Like, cats are out there just killing people. No, I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. But Or maybe, I don't know, maybe Kyrie can dribble good. Bring back and one mixtapes or something. Like, I feel like that's more Kyrie's lane, bro. Just just, just be out here crossing they people up. That, they just ran. They ran out of ideas. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch it. Well, I mean, it gets and like I, I said, even with like the, the big three, like, or, or the, what was the JBL league? Was that what it, the JLB, the JBL uh, with the big baller brand? I don't know. Shout out to the GOAT LeVar Ball. Yeah, that league folded up so fast. Then people were supposed to make like 10000 a week or something like that, which is really not a lot of money to, I don't even think it was a week, but there were people not getting paid. Uh, nobody was watching the games. I think they were like broadcast on ESPN 60 or something like that, or 68 or something. Uh, just, it, it was nothing. 
And it's like without like an actual plan, like for me, if I was an NBA baller, my plan would be to band together with my friends, like the banana boat crew, uh, when they're, you know, they're at the end of their careers anyway, start banding together and buying these teams up, like being the majority owners of multiple teams. That way you get more like black owners. Like Jordan, I understand he doesn't own 100% of the Hornets, but he owns a nice little per- – he, he's the majority owner of the Hornets. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. But like I said, if you get the whole banana boat crew, they can afford a team. If you get Jay-Z and Diddy, they can afford a team together. Someone has to sell that team, though. Yeah, and that would be the issue because, of course, that reminds the problem. Why would anybody sell their team? The black person, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's literally free money. But shout out to Kyrie, man. I don't know what kind of weed he's smoking in these COVID times, but he's wilding out. Oh, shout out, but, shout out to the weirdos who keep saying that Kyrie Irving carried LeBron James to a championship. Like, you guys clearly did not watch that entire series. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Kyrie Irving is just a guy. Like, he's an all-star. He's a really good player. But he's not leading your team anywhere. He's If he's your best player, you might get to the playoffs. But you're not doing anything with him. Yeah, you might struggle to get a fifth seed when they met your best player. Uh, he's what I call, he's a star, but he's not a superstar. Well, he, he's on that. Like you were talking about earlier with, uh, who was it, Paul Pierce and... Chauncey Billups. Yeah, those guys. Chauncey Billups is a, is a really good player. Paul Pierce is a star, but neither one of them are like, you know, face of the league, superstars, things like that. They're, they're not it. Chauncey so, Billups, damn near really good. He had a really good run, but yeah, he's just a good player. Kyrie Irving's not a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fame dribbler, but that's neither here nor there. But real quick before we wrap up, I saw that Twitter recently released, I guess, this voice tweet feature, which I'm confused of kind of what the point of that is. But, of course, it's whoever got it, because I think they only released it to a certain select few people. Um, they've already ran that shit into the ground. I think they ran to the ground so bad that I haven't even seen any more voice tweets since, like, the shit might have came out Friday. There's no more voice tweets in this Sunday when we're recording right now. But what I did find interest, interesting with the voice tweets is that it could take Twitter beef to the next level, yeah, especially during football season, like especially just fans, because people getting people's messages acting crazy. I would I would love to hear all the crazy, wild shit talking people are going to do that they're probably not ever going to do or meet up, but it, it'd be interesting to listen to. It'd be kind of cool content. Because I know some of these people be getting their feelings what about... What the fuck, bro? Before. you hear that? Did y'all hear that? No. They're yeah. shooting off fire... Is there another holiday going on? Why are they shooting off firecrackers every night? What the fuck, man? It's yeah, they are doing. Jesus. Hey, like, I don't understand. <laughs> God damn, man. We Can we like every night, it's been somebody shooting... <laughs> it doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. What are we doing? What is the point of fireworks? What's the point? There, uh, I, I don't know. There's well, no holiday right now. Well, here we go. See, if Marcus had the voice chat thing, he could tell all the people on Twitter the voice tweet that, hey, stop shooting fucking fireworks off at whatever time of night it is where you're at because it is absurd. But I do think the voice chat is interesting. I think I need to get it because I, I, I don't have time to be tweeting back and forth on these people. I just want to be like, hey, you're stupid and then block them and keep them moving. <laughs> That's it. I'm not I'm not arguing with you folks, but 
Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's really all we got this week. Unless you guys have anything you want to wrap up with, I think we kind of covered everything. Uh, there, there was a lot of a lot of good music that came out. Uh, I guess over the weekend, uh, I think Adolphus mentioned it. Uh, Boale put out an EP that's really good. Uh, Beyonce put out a song that's really good. Her put out a solid song. Uh, John Legend's album. I'm not even a big John Legend fan, but his album's really good. Tiana Taylor. Uh, what you call it, Chloe and Haley? Like I'm not, I'm not in their oh, demo. Yeah, I'm not in their demo, but I like their album too. And uh, I, I randomly, I was on her Instagram page, and there's a singer from New Orleans that goes by the name Lucky Day, and so I listened to his album. That dude is, that guy is amazing. I don't know why I haven't heard of that guy, but he's really good. I watched his Tiny Desk performance. That dude is amazing. He's a really he's a really good uh, singer. His production is really like on point. Like I, I, I'm not trying to like hype him up too bad, but it might be the best R&B project that I've heard this year. And I think it came out last year. So I don't know how I missed it, but it's really solid. Yeah, I, I've been on this uh, Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist Alfredo pretty hard. And shout out to Tyler for finally giving us like basic metrics. So they finally gave us like a playlist of uh, like your history. So I could go back and see what songs I played the most as far back as April of 2018. So it's interesting to kind of see what, yeah, this, yeah. So like, let's, for example, May 2018, the most, the songs I listened to the most was Royce of Five Nine, Caterpillar, Royce Five Nine, Anything, Everything, pretty much the entire Royce of Five Nine album that came out. That's the whole list. Jeez Louise. Wow. So Royce of Five Nines album and then uh, Pusha T. A random Jay-Z song. A random Janelle Monet song. Yeah, Pusha T. Royce of Five Nine. One random Jay-Z song and Janae, Janelle Monet. So it's, it's interesting to see like what the vibe was back then. Then it already has a pre-made playlist, so you just run it. So kind of takes you back to the time. So shout out to Title for getting into the uh, you know, finally catching up these other services. I support my my black kings over there, so good for them. But yeah, uh, oh, so with the Haley and Chloe album, it, it's good, but it kind of sounds like they're doing like a Ariana Grande impression impersonation. Seems you know, kind of derived from their style a little bit, but I do I do enjoy their voices though. But it, it was a departure from like I guess their previous. I've listened to like a lot of music, but. This was, I guess, more edgy, and I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of weird how they went like from, I guess, uh, kid stuff, just, just straight, you know, talking about fuck you up and murder and, like, I was like, what's <laughs> key in cars? I'm like, yo, like, and I'm gonna put this on Twitter. Like, what age do women like really start thinking about like keying people's cars and slashing tires? So I, I feel like this album was written by a much older woman who's had much different experiences. Like they're barely 21 and 22 years old. So I don't, I feel like they're not out there slashing tires and murdering people that do them wrong. So there's a very bitter woman behind the pen of of their lyrics. But with that being said, uh, this is KTSC Av. Always remember, keep that same energy. We out.